0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Ruslan, today we have the returns of... She is producer at BFM. She is Julian Yap.
1: Hello, thank you for having me back.
0: She's also a big fan of BTS and Disney.
1: This is important for every episode that I'm in.
0: It's very important to know those things. And he is... You can't see this, but uh, I can see it. Behind him, he has John Bungy. He's the poet of Bungie. He is a musician, educator, and he is Asmu Yunor.
2: Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, no. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I, think it's for me. I think that's for me to say. <laughs> Welcome. Anyway, our three topics this week. Top number one is music videos. Uh, kids, you're going to discover what that means in a minute. And topic number two is Musicians and place, and finally topic number three is needle drop music in movies. So um, Julian, surprising, you want to talk about music videos?
1: Surprising, surprising Well, is it surprising? It's like the intersection between film and and, and music. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Th- I think this is the most I'll ever get into music. But to be honest, I'm not that. I'm not that knowledgeable. mil As- can teach me everything today. Um, <laughs> but I, I discussed this with. Um, with a few people recently, I was just thinking about how maybe it might just be me having nothing in my heart and no soul, or maybe, <laughs> and, 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 and so I never connected with any music videos that I ever watched, But or it might just be the time that I grew up in, but I was thinking personally for myself, I don't really, I've never had a time where everyone was talking about a certain music video or this music video, you know, broke, oh, well, yes, Wap, WAP with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion maybe, but you know, nothing, I never really had big cultural moments that I identified with and that I can remember in my, within within my childhood or while growing up, where I had a very great affinity with music videos and that might just, and I think that is is because of the time that I grew up in. And that was when MTV was sort of changing and they thought, okay, we're going to, the kids don't really like MTV anymore. We got to do reality shows because that's what makes the money. And it became um, MTV Cribs and they were doing their uh, original series. So, I, so I, I came back after school and I watched that. And it in between, they'd play music videos, but it was never, okay, I'm going to come to this channel and I'm going to watch music videos. And I never had, I, I watched the countdowns, but the countdowns weren't a big part of my childhood. And that wasn't how I discovered music and also not how I, I think, consumed music visually. Um, Cam, we were talking yesterday about, you know, visualizing music or how music is put into visuals. Yeah. And I was thinking I've never had that sort of connection. Yeah.
0: And you feel empty as a consequence.
1: It might be because uh, of that. It might have been because of YouTube. That might have yeah? been it.
0: And you want old timers like me and Asmil to, to fill your soul with yeah. <laughs> the yeah. knowledge. I
1: come the
2: era where I had to wait between programs. And hope that music video comes out. And I don't know mm. what music video was. It was like on TV3. Like, <laughs> so, oh,
0: I didn't but that. I had, I
2: had a big cultural moment when I actually I saw Smell Like Teen Spirit when I was 14, 1981. Mm. And that was just like an alien landed watching mm. Smell Like Teen Spirit. And it's like, what's this? It's so different. Because you had all this book, you know, the 80s stuff. You know, um, you know they were all censored on TV. Mm. And suddenly so here comes Smell Like Teen Spirit. I think on American Top 10. Oh. They had this half an hour show, and usually <laughs> the top tens would they, they were skipped. You like number nine. Then suddenly it's number seven. So to number eight. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> it be some big Bon Jovi or something with
0: big hairs. Yeah, <laughs> I I would do the same, and my fingers would be hovering over the VHS recorder to ah. <laughs> yes. record what if I, if I if it was like Duran Duran, record. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Interesting. <laughs> but it was ultimately a short-lived. Phenomena, really, what mid-1980s till end of the nineties. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. I mean, if you talk to older fellas than I, like Joe Kidd, who is the godfather of punk in this country, his introduction was certainly not music videos. I mean, he was listening to the world service on the radio, he and his friends, uh, listening to punk music being broadcast around the world. There was like no visual cues whatsoever. (laughs)
2: <laughs> true, true. I also have this thing, I like, I think music you know, videos kind of interrupt your own interpretation of the song. So I prefer yeah. not to see the music video first.
1: Mm, People I do might that, say, like,
2: know. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think, you know. So as somebody who also makes music videos for my songs, I'm, I'm in no rush to make videos. I don't see it as promo material. And like you said, I think, Julian, that I think it's a valid art form by now. It's not just a marketing tool, right? Mm. There's so much you can do with it. Yeah.
1: And so many filmmakers... You know they got their start in, in in filming music videos. So Spike Jones, yeah. um, David Fincher, I think as well. And it 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 makes sense that that is a kind of a medium that I would be very interested in, just because it is th- because there are no bar- so there weren't any barriers, right? I think, um, I I've never so in my br- in my brain I haven't got like whoa there was this one like the first time I saw. Like I don't know, Ahas, I, I take on me or something. I it never. I don't have those. I think. Mm,
0: and, no. Yeah. Although that, I think I mean I, I saw th- that's still one of the the most highest watched yeah. videos on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But I did see a thing with uh, ABBA. They're huge in Australia, and they're also huge in non-European American markets, and partly because they used to because they they lived in Sweden. They insisted on living in Sweden. They didn't like traveling. So they would shoot these um, music videos, directed by uh, what's his name, Lars, the, the Swedish film director, Hållström. Yeah, Hållström. And um, those would then get shipped out. And and unlike any of the other music acts, that, so the TV stations in these faraway places had these videos that they could just put on. And then ABBA became huge in Australia because no one else made videos yeah,
1: true, true, true. simply because
0: they didn't want to travel. Um, okay. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, two things, Julian. One, have you gone back and looked at these the golden age of the music video? Yeah, you have.
1: At the instruction of people who have these cultural moments that they went through. So I had to. Uh, what was the song? It was the song from the Godzilla movie, and he's like he's on the ceiling. I don't know. I can't remember. It's a great <laughs> song. It's a really great music video, and I wish I'd experienced it when it had come out. And I don't know. And yeah, so I've had to, you know, had that education. I don't know. Maybe it was like it was having everything at my fingertips. But then also in a really weird in-between time where every single single had a music video come out. So it was maybe like the middle of the road kind of music video. Nothing kind of like jumped out at me. I don't know.
2: But your generation too, because you... It, it... Your generation grew up in very kind of like that, it's in abundance, right? There's a lot. Mm. Um, so it kind of becomes almost dispensable or disposable uh, music videos, right? So. Mm. But
0: I do have a theory, which is that music that came out before the music video, when there was all you had was the album cover and the album art, and that was it. So it was a very, very non visual medium. But the bands that really succeeded, the acts that succeeded, had very visual lyrics. Mm. Um, you know, the Beatles were very visual, you know, going to Strawberry Fields and I Am The Walrus. It was very, very visual. And But when the music video came along, I think that the visual element of lyrics actually kind of disappeared because you could supply images to your music.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think it to me personally, I think it robs the imagination of the, the listener or the audience. So it becomes, a, it becomes spectacle. Music videos have become spectacles, right? Even now, it's like you know, if you into like all the Korean K-pop, you, you you watch video to to follow the moves,
0: right? You Learn, right, and all that stuff. You tell <laughs> us, uh, Julian. You you watch them. You love you love them. Do you, I mean, you, you, you break into moves?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I, no one can see that. I've never done that. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoy you enjoy that. So it that that visual stamp goes with the music. Now you cannot even hear the music without thinking of the the visuals. Uh, Correct? No,
1: I do I do I. I think yes and no. So I've, I've, I've started getting into K-pop a little bit just through BTS and I understand what the drop is, you know, like I'm anticipating um, at time of recording tomorrow, BTS's new um, music video is going to be coming out and I'm anticipating that. And yeah. the visuals are so important when it comes to K-pop because it's so fast paced and every and you're, you've got a new drop every single week from a, from different agencies and artists. So you want to compete with each other and it's so cohesive and I like I'm, I'm starting to get into it and I, I I think I kind of get it, and also like with the advent of like TikTok, everything's just condensed into s- shorter, snappier things. Music, the visuals of a music video is just so much. It's just so much faster now, and what? You know, I don't know. There's just too much stuff. I don't know.
2: Exactly, <laughs> there's too much stuff. right?
0: <laughs> yeah. it's, like, oh, just, it's just <laughs> dancing if only you could now. If take a time machine, you go back to our time. Things were better, but we had things like tuberculosis, rickets. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Cholera. I mean, that was a common thing, wasn't it, Asmir? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You hide from them. music video appears.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got a new Duran Duran video, but you also had rickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Um, good luck with that. Uh, perhaps we can we can give you a list of things. I did actually watch an old music video, which I thought was fantastic back in the day, and I watched it again recently, and it was so bad.
1: What was it? <laughs> Do you remember? It was.
0: Um, it was a Paul McCartney, of uh, Kintyre, and I was like moved back in the day. But now it's like, oh, it's so cheesy. They're walking along <laughs> a beach pretending to play electric guitars. What are you thinking?
2: <laughs> all, the, all these, uh, have you seen a lot of these rock cup-up bands in the 90s, the music videos, like right? the whole band, the singers on the beach, the guitarist is holding guitar, but the drummer has nothing. <laughs>
0: oh,
2: <no. It's> <laughs> in the air or just standing around. <laughs> so that's
0: also like a of drama. <laughs> oh, oh, no. so, that is so typical, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're we'll moving on, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll send you a list of uh, things to watch. Then, oh if you please, really yes. Uh, Asmil, musicians and place.
2: Yeah, I think it really, uh, I think, segues well with what Julian's talking there because um, I've always had a fascination. With musicians who name an album or song or place like Blue Springsteen's Nebraska. You know, it's like just a black and white photo. And again, like you said, it's very lo fi. It just was meant to be demos, but it's so stark and there's a lot of realism in it, right? Um, So you have to imagine just looking at one photo on the album cover and imagining, oh, that's Nebraska. So, you know, you don't, Malaysian artists, nobody writes like an album and like slango. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, yeah, you know so, but that's what I always wanted to do. So like my, my new album was called John Bangi Blues, right? So I always thought I wanna locate that to place and you know discuss class and you know, I don't know, and all this other stuff that relates to places. And I find that in Malaysia, the conversation with about musicians and places isn't as prominent. Like like Baru, for example, historically, all these great bands in Malaysia comes from there. I mean the blues gang, search the pop yayay yeah, yeah, stuff that happened in the 60s, a lot of the bands were from from baru, But there's absolutely no trace, no way you go in JB that they go like, lift up the, you know, the rock and roll flag, proud in the sky saying, yeah, this is a place where rock music is. But there's only one place in Malaysia that has that sort of thing, which is the Penang House of Music, right?
0: Yeah, but don't dismiss it. I mean, Penang, I think that they've, if it didn't exist before, yeah, they've created a sense of music and place.
2: Of course, of course, no, definitely. I mean, I mean that that that's that's one side. But I guess also thematically speaking, you know, like um, because when you locate things, I think it's interesting because you are we are products of our environment where we're at, you know. So, but you know, maybe just because a lot of people live in Subang, it's just not cool to call your album Subang Jaya <laughs> or something like that. But hey, like Subang Jaya, you know, all this uh, the hip hop stars or well, you know they tend to come from there and. Again, nobody. I think hip hop, probably in hip hop, it, it's more more prominent place and who you are is a lot more. But in rock, there seems to be the certain ambiguity. At least in Malaysia, I find that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to start a trend, but I I'm I find it fascinating. So I've, I've been, I've been inspired by <laughs> South of KL. where I live, in, I live in Bangi and like places like Dunkil and you know there's a place called Teluk Panglima Garang. All these unique names, man. Mm-hmm. These are all mm-hmm. like either band names or. Well, nobody's nobody's writing this stuff. But are they in your songs? I want to make it. Yeah, my my, my new stuff. I I got a new. I had a working title for new album. It's called Lisma, Like Dunkilism because Dunkil the town is nearby here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so I always thought that, that that's interesting. There's a there's a certain visuality to Dunkil because when I played my album Jombangi Blues, my friend, he said it sounds like Dunkil. It's like wow, all right, that's deep. It's like what is Dunkil? Yeah, it's like is it. You know, dirt roads, not dirt roads, dusty roads, trucks, you
0: know, farms. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think like musicians have always tried to, not always, but a lot of times, try to transcend where they come from. You said Bruce Springsteen there. I think he, I don't think he's even been to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so so that's the thing, yeah. It, he's like New Jersey. And it, if you think of someone like Bob Dylan, it, in your mind, you see him as being this real kind of like New York yeah. Kind of guy, but he's not.
2: He doesn't write about Minnesota
0: <laughs> at all. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, he <laughs> so he left that. And yeah. uh you know, because you aspire.
1: True, so true, like, true. Julian,
0: I mean, you, you you like BTS. Yeah. So it in your <laughs> mind it is soul music. S E O U L. You see a place?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think I see ah, the yeah. Well, I think more so with other groups. Than mm-hmm. BTS maybe because I think they've taken it on themselves to be Korea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but so so the image that you see is um, Gangnam and the and the, and the very new p- image of Korea that you have a modern place, young people, technology, all of that. You, I think you get that a lot with J-pop as well. But no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think because they want to be every group, every person. Um, that's I guess it fits pop, right? I don't know. Does it work with pop, Azmil? Like, um, it within Malaysia, do you think like places? It could, right? but I I don't see that a lot. I mean, every time
2: if somebody has mentions KL and song, um, like I said, it's, I always hear it in hip hop a lot more than in I think rock or pop. Mm. Um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get here is that when you name places, there's a certain realism appears, I suppose, thematically in the thematic song, right?
0: I would definitely listen to the Bungie City Rollers if, <laughs> if, if they came along.
2: They I mean, would yeah. be really intriguing. Yeah. I mean, uh, like Clang, man. Think of the name, Clang. Clang yeah. is a damn cool name. Clang. You know? Absolutely. Like, like the Clang, I don't know, Clang Brothers or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we don't wear our city names proud you know, on our shoulders, at least you know, like, as, as a musician or somebody composes my own songs, But... Understand, you know the commercial aspect. Like, who wants to listen song about you know kajang? You know, but but recently, <laughs> I, I collaborated with a lot of young filmmakers, my friends. So I did this music video called Kinchang Penindas, and my, he was my acting student, so he's a filmmaker. And I told him, um I gave him an example. I think I gave him Nick Cave's Love Letter music video, which were just montages of still uh, still shots of a place. And I told him, okay, make this music video. It's your love letter to kajang, because he's from kajang. And it became this very poignant video that, you know, um, I allowed him to to kind of like immerse himself and see the city in a different light. So I guess that's also what I'm getting at. The, The song doesn't have to be called Kajang, but I think like even the music videos, I think there's always potential because I find that films are visual archives of places that, you know, they're not going to be there anymore.
0: Yeah, but I'm wondering, Azmil, if you are fundamentally misunderstanding young people, because a young person <laughs> wants to get away from wherever it is they're from. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to like. I I don't want to listen to an album about Kajang. I live in Kajang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to live in New York. I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do an
2: album about New York. Yeah, I mean, this is me now. If if I m- me now tell Azmel like 20 years ago, like, yeah. hey, yeah, why are not you write song about you know, I don't know, Surdang. It's like get out of here, man. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I'm just at that at that juncture in in my so called career. The, I'm kind of like it's more. I guess I'm looking inwards more. Yeah. Like it, it is the it is the the, the journey, I suppose. So it can be. Do you
1: think you'll see more of it? More groups doing it, more musicians doing it, though.
2: Maybe maybe more singer-songwriters rather than yeah. bands. I think because yeah. bands, you know, got bandmates and like if the guy brings hey this songs this songs called uh up, like probably a drummer. I like, get out of here, man. I'm not playing a song. Change the name, you know, so it's been a kind of kind of democracies, right? But if a singer songwriter is like, I can, I can, like, you know, I have I, I complete veto, right, over that. So, so maybe I think, I think it might merge,
0: but also it would depend on which language you you, you do it in. Yeah. If you do it in English, you could pretend to be, um, Eminem, I guess, if you want to, mm. and you live on eighth mile, yeah, not, not, yeah exactly, <laughs> not not John Lampang eighth mile, but you know, <laughs> uh, and, um, but I mean, like French rappers, they're rapping in French. They can't pretend to be American.
2: True, true, true. Mm-hmm.
0: And so they're, they're rapping about the the high rise kind of slum, uh, suburbs of Paris, because that, that's where they're from.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a interesting about hip hop, right? Hip hop, yeah, it's about transcending, but it's also about acknowledging the, because it's urban, right? The, the roots of hip hop. And I really admire hip hop because of that. I think it's, it's it's like it's like cinema verite you know it's about the place but um i guess because hip-hop can compact so much stories and words right um compared to rock or you know the kind of format it is mm. so so maybe yeah maybe, maybe i am envious of that
0: well look julian's your target audience she, she, she's that age right so uh julian if you were offered the chance to listen to um
2: this is my album, John Bungie Blues. I'll do <laughs> it. Yeah, it's about Bungie.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously, we were, we've all already pre-ordered our John Bungie Blues. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it was the the Tamantun City Blues, um,
1: what is uh, the Tamantun you... sound? Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. The what Daman is Daman
1: the sound, sound here? It's so it's so concrete. I don't there you know. Go. If that would yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I feel, And I don't know. I I need to obviously I need to listen to your album because I cannot. I do not know enough about Bangi or enough places, so this is a, this is again an education for me. Because then you'll take true. me around KL. True, true. Around slang or you
0: sing in English or or BM? Meme. Both. Both, isn't it? Yeah. So, so do you? I mean, do you choose the language according to you're in Dunkil and you think, hey, this is going to be in BM or?
2: Ah, uh, not really. I mean, the, how it becomes thematic is uh, that's at the end. I don't really like conceptualize it that way, but. Um, I find writing in Malay interesting. It, it changes the way I, I write a song. The songwriting changes completely with Malay. And I find it's a language that isn't experimental enough. I like colloquial kind of Malay. I always grew up with that, right? Because going up in East Malaysia, it's Bahasa Baku, right? So I always mm-hmm. wondered, people don't talk like that. So I guess it was a sense, again, going back to that, that sense of realism, I suppose, um, that I wanted to achieve.
0: Yeah. Well, as well, we must move on. But you, uh, you really do own the the bungie brand mm-hmm. that is yours. Yep. But the problem is, I'm uh, I've lived most of my my life in Ampang, so I'm on I'm on the west side. So you, <laughs> yeah, you know, go, we're yeah. like the Blood and the Crips. We can't, you know. You, yeah. not you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to start claiming place, then we're going to have to have you know gang rivalries and stuff. So
2: <laughs> actually, there's a good punk band in. In um, Ampang,
1: they
2: call it um, um, punk
0: something. Oh, cute. Yeah,
2: E-R-M-P-U-N-K, yeah. Okay. Watch out, come. All right, we're
0: we're looking forward to your album, uh, and you'll tell us at the end when it's going to come out. But uh, in a moment, though, we're going to do in part three, uh, needle drops in movies here on A Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Ruslan, Julian Yap, and Asmil Yunor. And now, topic number three, needle drops in movies. So, needle drop is a a movie-making term uh, for when directors, usually, or editors, use a pre-existing pop song in the film, as opposed to using a composed soundtrack. And uh, there can be a lot of factors that go into this. So, for instance, uh, money (laughs) and copyright. And oftentimes a low-medium-budget movie will have the option to go to a particular record company or publisher and they can look at their roster. They they can't use the music they want. For instance, I think the Beatles never allow their music in movies, whereas the Rolling Stones, because they don't actually necessarily own the music, um, you hear the Rolling Stones a lot. And uh, there are good and bad examples. So I think a really good example of a filmmaker... Who really knows how to use uh, the needle drop is Martin Scorsese, especially in the movie um, Goodfellas, and also Quentin Tarantino. But there are also bad examples. Mm. I watched this movie, Baby Driver, by <laughs> Edgar, right. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, who's like he's a pretty good director. I think he's a bit overhyped, and what all it did, because he was needle dropping the whole way, all it did was expose the fact that he has a terrible taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then I watched another movie, which I know, Julian, you must have watched, Cruella.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it's chock full, chock, chock full. full of them. She and is, I think huh? Disney's doing them so much more now.
0: Yeah. yeah. And what, because the funny thing with Cruella, which so many things struck me as strange about it. One is taking a character from a 1960s movie and trying to sell it to a new audience. who have got no clue about Cruella DeVille and so the movie is set in the 60s but the the needle drops the music comes from the 60s the 70s eight i mean it's all over the place and also what the director did he would start every song at the beginning of the song whereas scorsese on the other hand chooses moments within a song that best help amplify the tension the personality the character of that moment and it wouldn't necessarily be his favorite song. You could tell it's not like his favorite song. Uh, and I, it, it's a disaster, I think, when a when a director decides I want to play my favorite music.
2: Exactly, because I think it needs to serve the narrative. I mean, the the the, the 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 new will drop choice of a song, right, and parts. Primarily, is that it, it's to it's it, it's to drive the the narrative, right, and to, to, you know. But also, it can be used to I think denote an error, like you said, you know. So when when they start mucking around all that, you know, it's just overdoing it, you know, uh, got no taste, I suppose. I haven't seen any of the movies like Cruella, but I can assume it's, it's probably in the same manner. It probably, probably the director watched like Baby Driver and thought like, that's cool. I'm going to like up the ante with that, right? And just like, it's just overload. Like. So it's, it's essentially a, a feature-length music video.
0: Yeah. And yeah. also <laughs> because, because the director was always starting at the beginning of the song, the movie kept restarting. Oh man! <laughs> so you're always feeling, oh, it's the beginning of a song. Every ten minutes, it restarts. You don't get a three act structure. You get uh, a thirty track album. <laughs> I mean, Julian, are you uh, are you uh, keenly aware of the needle drop when you're watching your movies?
1: I am, but they're so forgettable. I think I don't know. Maybe this it maybe it's just me. The ones that I remember are the ones that um, I feel I from for probably. Films came out maybe two thousands maybe I think with the most the ones that I probably remember the most almost famous I think has a really great one that I can't mm. remember the name of yep. right the song uh,
0: th- th- uh, Elton John mm, yes uh, Tiny Dancer
1: yes yeah and um, uh, my I love when. Wes Anderson does them really well, but yeah. I think he's overusing yeah. them yeah. right now. But yeah. um, in the Darjeeling Limited, that's my, my most favorite scene at the end when they're tracing off the, the train, and it's that time tomorrow. I think I love that so much. But very yeah. recently, I think it is just sort of the boom of and sort of the avalanche every single year of Marvel. So I think the big one, the first big one was Iron Man, and they used, mm. oh, I don't know. ACDC. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to expose how bad I am at all of this. But yeah. it was that Thor Ragnarok. I think
0: the Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I really didn't like that that use. I mean, I like Led Zeppelin everything, but it was like it was like this is a damp squib. It, yeah, <laughs> and it seems
2: like seems like too much irony sometimes. You're using yeah. these things. Like it goes into posturing, and you know, I don't know It's true. Yeah. It's true. Is it?
1: <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy did it very. They they ah. used it so much. They yeah. had, and I think it, 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 it's 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 um, big movies like this, where agencies, companies, they, um, studios, sorry, film studios, they thought, okay, look, you can, we can create huge, huge record records, and we can sell this record, and it, you know, it instantly makes my films seem really, really cool. And I think the new version of that that hap- that's been happening over the last two years, has been in movie trailers. And movie, every single movie trailer will have a cover of a really popular '80s, mm. '90s song, and mm. it's sort of like a. Like a like a bluesy version, or even like a like a darker version of a fun song. Um, Edgar Wright's new film, which is The Last Night in Soho, is um, Downtown. I can't uh, Priscilla Petula something. Patula Clark. Patula Clark. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, he used that. It it's in the trailer Damn and it's in the <laughs> film also, and it's a really haunting <laughs> version of that song. And every single trailer is doing this now, and mm. it just sets up what the film will be um, in terms of tone
0: but we've all been introduced to music through the needle drop that you know, music you hadn't heard before. You mentioned Wes Anderson. Uh, my, one of my favorite needle drops was um, in life aquatic of Steve Zizou. <laughs> um, and it was uh Sigur Ros. Yeah. And I'd never heard of Sigur Rós before. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that piece of music was actually written for the film. Uh-huh. And I sort of like asked, and, and it was Sigur Rós. And it's like, that's fantastic. And so I went and purchased Sigur Rós, an yeah. Icelandic band.
2: But they're, they're, they're also very cinematic, right? So you would think that, yeah, this is perfect, right? It's like, like as if it's made for this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's interesting.
1: I do know that there are... there. You know, I think we don't see it happen as much anymore, but there was a time when a lot of films had songs written for them. The only thing that can come to mind is Like Crazy. I can't remember who's in it, but they I think they... They had a Britney song written for it. Britney wrote a song for it, and I don't right. we, we don't get that as much anymore. You know, yeah,
0: they are like Footloose and I will always love you and stuff. But it's,
2: it's a big industry in the past because I, I would buy uh, you know movie soundtracks, and they would be just essentially like compilations, right? Mm. I like think one of the most most popular one was like Forrest Gump, which was a double CD of all the songs from fifties right up to you know, nineties, mm. and, and you know. Um, you no know, the, 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 the other term they use in in, in film studies they, they, they use the term pop scoring for this and it's interesting, but I, I I wrote something about it and I looked at films with drug teams and mm. in particular so so again I, for what I found the literature is interesting because again I, I think exactly what you guys are talking about is is essentially like it's got to be motivated right the the, the use of music is not just there to kind of like blast that's why like I think um Julian you say like guardians of the galaxy. Did it well because you relate it. It's his nostalgia of his childhood, wherever it is. And every time we see him put a cassette in, and you know, it's not just some non-diegetic music coming out of the sky, right? <laughs> and that's why it doesn't really work. It's, it's just, it just feels like an advertisement. But I'm sure it's a big business. Like, it's also linked, right? All these film companies and the labels, and they're kind of in cahoots. Yeah. Like I think Kate Bush recently, right? Because Stranger Things, she went on the charts again you know, or something or playlist on.
0: Yeah, running up that hill, and it, it, for Stranger Things, but they the the filmmakers kind of retreated the music, so it's still very true to the Cake Bush, but it's true. It, it's certainly re-recorded.
1: Stranger Things did it really well, just throughout really from good. the first season. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's a good example. Yeah,
1: mm. true, true.
0: yeah. But also with that, with Stranger Things, it's not just the the needle drop, but the composer's soundtrack is also nostalgic to John Carpenter.
1: Yeah. soundtrack mm.
0: movies from 1970s mm-hmm. that kind of sort of two finger synthesizer kind of sound <laughs> but you must remember also it, it yeah as as Asma pointed out it's um it's the vagaries of who owns the music uh so uh, the uh, the malaysian movie spilt gravy on rice the filmmakers they wanted to use a Bee Gees song in the movie but when they inquired, they discovered it would have cost half the budget of the movie <laughs> 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 to use that one song. <laughs> so they, they had to choose something else.
2: <laughs> it's not cheap. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, So finally then, um, are you, any of you got any good examples, ones that you really re- remember, Azmil?
2: Wow, for me, uh, Spotting was a good one. Lust for Life. Yeah, Last for Life and whatever other songs were on, on, on that, and you know that 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 soundtrack was successful, so successful that the soundtrack they, they released a, a sequel soundtrack, right? That's another CD for mm. the songs that didn't feature in the first soundtrack. I oh, think right. that, that that was that, that was really well, well, well done needle drop that that film. Mm. One of my favorites actually, Transporting
0: uh, Julian.
1: Sorry, can I ask just really quick? Are there any sort of ones that worked really well for just drug themed ones because? I can't think of any others that, you know, oh, comes about. Train spotting. Yeah, besides train spotting. Is, <laughs> are there any others, do you think?
2: There's film Loading in Las Vegas. Um, that, that one's really, because it's, it's Hunter S. Thompson. So the music is really far out, but it's very located in the era. Um, another one is S.I. Scorsese. kind of a more underrated film, uh, Bring Out the Dead, um, which also uses a lot, I mean, he does it in a similar way. It's about Nicholas Cage playing an ambulance driver who's, who's insomniac. And so the music, the, the, the motif music is TV uh, Sheets by Van Morrison throughout the film. So it kind of repeats itself. Yeah. So that's another, another another favorite of mine. I actually bought the soundtrack, man. I bought, I see it. Yeah. It's got the clash in it too, you know, so you got it. Um, that is why Malaysian filmmakers if you are listening, come on, show off your music taste you know, If you can afford
0: it, I'm telling you, one Bee Gees song.
2: Oh, I use local bands. I've been yeah, telling okay. my film students. I've been Fair telling enough. my film students. There's so much music out there. Yeah. So many best producing music.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, but Julian, cho- cho- choose one that worked for you.
1: John Bungie Blues is going to be the next needle drum. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it. If the
0: yeah. movie is set in Bungie. Yeah. You've you rather <laughs> limited yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> but Julian, do you have one movie?
1: Ah, uh, I can't think of any right now I um fight club fight club oh, the, fight yeah, out, yeah that was a great one um yeah, I think so. nothing hmm. very recent oh there's a oh, there's a great one um the last black man in san francisco san francisco i can't remember the name of the song but it's incredible um he's just skating up the hill and it's just showing how much he loves the city of san francisco i've never i am not, I'm, I spent like maybe six hours there. I've never actually been to the city properly, but I feel like I live, I know that city because of that needle drop. I think it was such a good, and, and like sunset and you see, you know, the, the city, but you know, there's leaves everywhere. I'm like, Oh, I've, I live there now. You know, that's great. Wow. Yeah.
0: I want to watch that movie now.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the needle drop. And now we move on to the final part of right? the recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest. And Julian, Yap yeah, goes first.
1: Um, unsurprisingly it's about bts <laughs> good go for it <laughs> <laughs> it feels so it feels so bad to do this when Ozmil's here but um um <laughs> bts's new album proof is out and proof is their ninth oh, i don't know which album this is but it's their new album and it is a it's an anthology album and there's there are new songs as well but it's an anthology album and it just shows their journey from when they started out as kids and when they started out they were 15 16 years old and they were rappers writing about things that they knew about which was um no I will I won't listen to what society wants of me I will do what I want and it's okay if I don't have dreams but I will I will do what I I'll, I'll you know work hard and I'll achieve that but not because you tell me to and mm-hmm. you know it goes all the way up till now where they're sort of kind of trying to find themselves as artists but also as people and it's a it's a, I think it's a good in, I, I think I don't have at a time of recording I haven't listened to it but I'm sure it's great and um, it's a good, I think, for someone who's never listened to BTS, a very good introduction to the group. And there's also a new song called "Yet to Come," which I'm sure is great. I'm saying <laughs> I'm it now. Sure is <laughs> great. Yeah, <laughs> and it's out now. You can listen to it now.
0: So, Julian, you're 16, aren't you? Sure.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, how much do you love BTS?
1: Very much, though. So. Yeah. Because
0: I know you love Disney. Yes. But in the scale of things.
1: Oh, no, Disney's forever.
0: Right. BTS is new. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I'd be the same like Beatles and Bowie. Oh, the there,
1: B- there was a BTS needle drop in The Eternals, the Marvel movie that came out last year. It wasn't good. It was overused. Marvel movies don't know how to do needle drops at all. Mm. Thor, Ragnarok, maybe Taika Waititi is the only person who can do it in the... Yeah, yeah. but Yeah, okay. that's my recommendation. Please listen to Proof by BTS.
0: Uh, proof is the album or the single?
1: Sorry, Proof is the album. You can listen to the whole album and the single is yet to come.
0: Okay. I'm For you, Julian, I'm going to.
1: Thank you. I'm gonna, I I'm listened gonna listen to Kate to Bush for you, Cam.
0: Yeah, but I'm expecting a 5,000-word essay, which I haven't received yet. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Come, yeah. <laughs> it's coming, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, uh, Azmil, what's your recommendation?
2: Uh, it's, a, it's a photo biography of Blues Gang. Oh. Um, oh. So it just
1: came
2: out as, Published by Tempatan Fest, I think you can head on to their website tempatanfest.com.my. dot So all that is a while back, so um, I only I received it a couple of weeks back, and it's fantastic. It's a lot of photos, and it, it just shows a m- different Malaysia. I mean, I mean, again, this is what I'm talking about, like uh, the, the the importance of I think having this sort of you know this this is a book. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna see this on radio, but yeah, um, it doesn't really work <laughs> on radio. Yeah, <laughs> so so but but it's it it really. I think you can fill up the map of the history of, of, of places. Again, um, you know, they, they, they lived in like, I think they lived in Bukit Damasara. There's a legendary house there when it came from JB. And there's all these places that don't exist anymore in Damasara where there used to be these pubs where the blues, the bands would jam. And, you know, um, and if you order this, I think it's going to come with a T-shirt. They're making the T-shirt right now. So this, I think this is a this is very independent effort, but the band's involved. So it comes with... Uh, I think the first edition that I got here, all the band members actually signed it, except mm. the late Jim Madasami, who, who passed away before the book was published. But actually, his, it was his trove of photos then, and, and, you know, archival stuff that fills the book.
0: They, they were really kind of before your time. You, did, did you ever see them play?
2: No, oh, no, I didn't, man. I mean, I, but hmm. I grew up listening to them a lot on radio. I mean, definitely, uh, my, my grandparents, my mom's side, they were from Negeri. So growing up listening to that, yeah, then finding out that Ito is not actually from Negeri, um, but yeah, this is the stuff I grew up listening on radio, and I suppose this is where it kind of like rubs off. I'm I'm not necessarily a blues player, but there's a very folky thing going on, you know. Hmm. Like I said, that sense of realism is there with the band. Um, and I think they're they really underrated. I mean, these guys are they're up there with alley cats to me.
0: Yeah. So the book again is called.
2: It's just called Blues Gang. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a anniversary of the band, um, and so it just says uh, "sebuah biography photo. So it's in Malay actually. Um, so it, it doesn't dig deep. I mean, it's you won't find any like uh, any sort of um, insight beyond mm. just the, the broad history of the band. But it's just a wonderful book to flip through. Mm. It's wonderful.
1: Okay. And sorry, you said you could get it at you could order it online.
2: Yeah, or they online. Uh just search for Tempatan Fest. And I think even on their Instagram and stuff, you can just drop a message to them. Uh the guy who, who who did this book, his name is Seer Rashid. So he's he's the guy behind Tempatan Fest.
0: Mm. And he's
2: actually, I think based in Kajang. Yeah.
0: So oh, yeah. it's all happening down there.
2: It's all happening south. You know wrong yeah. city, You're not part of town, buddy. No, all down <laughs> south.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. So uh, my recommendation is, well, I don't know, it's kind of odd because at the time of recording, the Malaysian movie Spilt Gravy on Rice is being released in the cinemas. By the time you listen to this, like half an hour later, it is probably no longer in the Malaysian cinemas because the runs are so damn short um, for local movies. So unless a lot of people go and see, um, it may or may not still be on. If it isn't still on then I don't know go to your your favorite um, VCR stroke VHS um, merchant <laughs> and get a copy I don't know how but it's a really good film. it's uh, written by the late Jit Murad directed by Zahim al-bakri. It was made over 10 years ago it's finally got a release and there were delays because of all the usual wonderful Malaysian reasons uh, censorship etc but it's it's really great and funny and it's a slice of life a particular kind of class of malaysian society that's not normally uh yeah um so please if you if you get the chance go see spilt gravy on rice uh, written by the late great jit murad and directed by zahima al bakri so that's my recommendation if you can catch it, well, uh, so just reminds me now to thank. Well, thank you so much, Asma you Welcome. Know.
2: Oh yeah, I'm playing by the way. Every Wednesday is in June. Come down to Madikaria. I'm I've been playing there every Wednesday night. So come by. I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm spearheading a new genre called stand up folk. So I'm oh. talking as much as I am singing. I just get, just getting things off my chest. Yeah. Okay. 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 Come, come by Karia pj every Wednesday night
0: John Bungy Blues when's that going to be
2: Oh it's already man I mean I'm oh, it's already yeah it, already yeah so anyway I, I released that 2 years ago but uh, oh. but uh yeah that's coming soon
0: uh-huh. yeah. Where, where yeah where how do we how do we purchase your music
2: Oh yes uh, just drop me a message on my Instagram man Asmail, you know or, or you know it's available on Bandcamp on Bandcamp too you can check it out azmel.bandcamp.com
0: it's a really personalized service, then
2: yeah, very, the artist himself, you know, and yeah, yeah. responding
0: because so. the soundtrack for the bodyguard sold like thirty five million i don't I don't think Whitney Houston you know sold each and every single one
1: <laughs> She wasn't singing about Bangi
0: <laughs> she right. has,
1: she had to get on you know she had to get to bangi, she had to do you know she had to do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you performing oh. songs from John Bangi Blues yeah, really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, sure. but solo versions, yeah. The the albums will ban, but come by, yeah. And every I'll Wednesday. tell you the stories. Yeah, every Wednesday. Is Medikar, yeah.
0: okay. okay. Cool. And thank you so much, Julian Yap. Uh, when's your album coming out?
1: Oh, well, I put that out two years ago, you see. You got to message me. <laughs> <laughs> to get <the> no. bank. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having
0: me. <laughs> Absolute delight. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. And please join us uh, next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM.